Using your smart speaker for this. Okay, I've added cheese to your shopping list. Yeah, that's pretty smart. But shopping online with Super Value, that's even smarter. Have the best produce handpicked and delivered straight to your door. Download the Super Value app now or shop online at supervalue.ie. And as you can notice, the seat to my right is empty this week. I got tired of Austin, so I kicked him off the show. So no more, uh, no more Midwest mics with Austin. No, I'm just kidding. His uh, his work schedule unfortunately didn't allow him to be here this week. So um, Austin is not here, but we're Midwest mics here in the UClick TV studios. We got Mr. Jim Bly back there behind the scenes, running the soundboard, making us look and sound good. As always, um, real quick here at the top of the show, I do want to send a, a shout-out to uh, Ryan, who had been helping us out the last few weeks, months, um, as an intern, and he graduated. So he's getting a big boy job now. So congratulations to uh, Ryan, and thanks. We appreciate your help over the last uh, few months for our show and then everything you were doing also at Uclick TV with Jim and um, so Jim Bly's back there running the running everything this week, you know, uh, getting reacclimated to that producer chair. But uh, he's ready to go, and as always, we're ready to go uh, here on the Midwest Mike Show on UClick TV. We are inside the High V Arena, as always, uh, very historic place in Kansas City. And you know, if you want to shoot some hoops, they're open. Come on down, six bucks a day. Uh, they got the gym downstairs. They got all kinds of basketball courts, pickleball courts. 350-meter um, running track. That's only 50 meters shy than a traditional high school track. There you go. So 350-meter running track up top. Um, you can uh, use that, like I said, $6 a day. And you can use any of these great facilities here. Uh, they are practicing the social distancing and requiring masks and all those things if you're roaming around the arena. The only reason I don't have one on is because I'm actually in studio. So here inside the studio, Jim and I are more than six feet apart. So we are not wearing masks. But when we leave the studio, we do put them on. And I went down to Longboards and got some lunch today. So I wore it, you know, when I went down there and ordered my food. Uh, All the workers were wearing masks. And then as I picked it up and came back, still had my mask on and um, came in here and ate. So. Uh, there's the wing busters down there that's open. Um, you know, you got Jesse's all American diner, pretty good spot. I was going to go in there, but, uh, you know, he was closed today, but, uh, you know, lots of good stuff here going on at the Hy-Vee arena and they got some events and things coming up. You can always check out the website, hyvearena.com to, uh, figure all that out. But, uh, I'm going to bring in our guest this week at this time, um, from Keisha, Jeremy holiday. He is the assistant executive director of baseball, softball, boys and girls golf, um, you know, mainly in charge of, you know, the, the baseball and softball, uh, boys and girls golf sports, uh, handles media, public relations, um, media broadcast requests. He handles all the social media for Keisha, yearbook and record book, um, student advisory team. So a lot of hats that uh, Jeremy wears, but – um, we thank you for joining us today. Uh, thanks for having me. As you know, I need a lot of hats now looking at this uh, picture you guys got here, thinning <laughs> out a little bit more and more every day. <laughs> yeah, it's probably from wearing all those hats. You know, that, that's what they used to tell me when I was younger. Wearing hats, you're going to lose that's right. your hair. That's right. I shouldn't have played baseball so much, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, why don't you start just – Kind of give us a little bit about your background and and how you got started with Keisha. Yeah, I took probably most people in this job, it's a little more unconventional route, um, mainly because of how the position came about. But I was, uh, I went to K-State, got a couple degrees from K-State, and I was in athletic operations in the athletic department uh, for about a year and a half. And I umpired baseball throughout the entire career. college life. Um, so it was a great, obviously side job for a college kid. And so I got entrenched into the rules of being an umpire and mechanics. And then also 
coached a little American League baseball as a kid for my school that I graduated from. And eventually, they the Activities Association started a new position. It was for sports information and and um, communications and and baseball administration. So it fit pretty good because when I was an undergrad at K State, I was in the sports information office there. Uh, for four years so I had a little knowledge in that department as well so the fit was pretty good so that was nine years ago now so um, kind of taking that track and and growing on it added some responsibility here and there and um, enjoyed enjoyed it a lot and I sit on a couple national rules committees the national baseball rules committee for the NFHS and uh, some uh, professional development summer meeting evaluation committee planning uh, throughout the NFHS. So that's kind of how it is and how it's blossomed. And now I'm here. Well, that's great. And, you know, you mentioned the NFHS, uh, for those people that may not be familiar, it is the national, um, high school organization that, that does the rules for all sports, you know, baseball, basketball, football, and then they kind of give those rules to your state organizations, uh, such as, Keisha, and then Keisha, deter, you know, uses that information and funnels it down and makes it more specific to the state of Kansas. Am I, did I sum that up right? Very much so. Yeah, it's been uh, obviously very in tune with the NFHS when I first started the job. And then recently when I got on the baseball rules committee, uh, this I'm actually going to be going into my fourth year on that committee this school year. And so I've very much learned how that process works when it comes to, while they are a national government body put together the rules, people like me in the state associations represent sections. So Kansas is part of a Section 5 um, with with various other Midwest states. And so I'm rep- I represent Section 5. So we have a voice as far as how the playing rules are set, determined, voted on, and things of that nature. So it's it's been it's been neat to see how that process can uh, just unfold from start to finish. Hey, uh, Jason, Jim Bly here. Um, real quick, you said you uh, umpired. Do you know our good friend uh, Ron Rodriguez? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't ring a bell. I probably should. He he yeah. He was in charge of a lot of college scheduling and stuff. That's the only reason I asked. But he's uh okay. he's in charge. He's the commissioner of the Mink League. So uh, he's he's been around baseball for a long time. I thought maybe you would have crossed paths, but a good friend of the show. I haven't crossed. I don't think I have with him. Okay. Yeah. Um. So let's kind of go back in time here to the beginning of this pandemic. Um, you know, it kind of, I don't think anybody, you know, we saw it coming and, um, you guys were in the midst of basketball championships, uh, had gotten to the quarterfinals, um, there in March when, you know, everything else starts shutting down all the professional leagues, the NBA, the NCAA canceled the March madness tournament, you know, conference tournaments were, were being canceled. All that's happening. Um, what was what was that few days like for you and some of your colleagues over there? Well, I distinctly remember I was just gotten back from state wrestling, six A five A state wrestling in, in Park City. Um, so that week after state wrestling and the week before state basketball is sub state basketball, obviously. Uh, we had I think the very first time I read in serious context about the coronavirus was that week. And it was, it was, we, we just began getting some questions from our membership about, are there special things we need to do with sub-state basketball and going into state basketball as it's concerned with coronavirus? And I'll be honest with you. I was kind of taken back by it all because I just didn't know much about it and we hadn't discussed it much the only thing I knew about it was I would see in the news and if you remember late February there wasn't a whole lot at that time um, the main thing I was concerned about was do we think the coronavirus to impact our schedule in the in the near future as far as sub-state basketball and state basketball and at that time it, we didn't think it was a legitimate concern to, to impact. Well, obviously, what a matter of 
10 days makes. Um, because I remember that Wednesday, usually state basketball is filled with a lot of basketball and checking out uh, your schools, uh, talking with uh, administrators and just, you know, things that people do at tournaments to know what's on the horizon about typical years. Um, but this year was filled with a lot of backroom conversations on the phone with, because as you guys know, in Kansas, we have seven different sites going on at the same time. Uh, or six, sorry. And so we're trying to keep touch with each of those sites. We have an administrator at each site trying to figure out uh, what are they hearing in their area of the state and, and what do we need to keep an eye on. So uh, on the phone a lot. And I remember that Wednesday was uh, really piqued our interest because you said, I think that's right when the NBA had had canceled the game. And, and then we saw the Ivy League conference basketball tournament and that's that's probably when we started to go something's going on here um and so then thursday was uh, was a blur i remember i watched the first game thursday tip off and then i didn't see a single thing of basketball the rest of the day because that was obviously the day that we ultimately made the decision to to cancel the tournament and um you know it was one of the hardest decisions you could ever try to do is walk into um, a ballroom and talk to with the administrators and then see the faces of the Claflin girls in Dodge city. So the, the member of the girls who were going for seven straight championships, tell them that their season was over after the quarterfinal round. So it was very, very difficult. Um, and, and certainly something we never, ever want to live again. Yeah, I know that that could not have been easy on, you know, any of you guys that were involved in that decision-making process. And, um, you know, I'm sure that there was probably some backlash, people saying, well, you're already in these locations, so travel's not an issue. You know, why can't you finish? You know, on, on the flip side of that, I mean, obviously with – NBA shutting down, all these national conferences, big time conferences shutting down, and you got to think, hey, what's the safest thing for these kids right now? And so, you know, what what was kind of were, were there people on both sides of the fence that were on some of those calls that that you were on and in some of those meetings? What well, you mentioned monitoring like some of the social media things that I do. I was obviously watching. Uh, uh, Twitter and things Wednesday evening into Thursday. And when the NCAA started canceling things, uh, I remember just seeing our, you know, uh, the interaction on our social media was people were just trashing us for not canceling our tournament. And I, I just remember thinking, I don't know if it's there, you know, are we there yet? Why are people so mad at us for not canceling the tournament yet? Um, and then our, we were on a conference call with all of us administrators in the corner room of United Wireless Arena in Dodge City. And, uh, we were talking about um, things that we were hearing from the Kansas Department of Health um, and, and the governor's office at the time. And I remember on the phone call and I saw a tweet pop up and I saw that the NCAA has canceled the NCAA tournament. And so I said, hey, guys, just saw this come about. And then – Five minutes later, I said, let me take that a step further. They not only canceled the basketball tournament, they canceled the entire spring sports season, which was just, I think when I said that, I just remember a collective silence on the phone for, you know, what felt like forever. I'm sure it was only a minute, but it made us, it made us go, we really need to take a step back about where we are. Um, because as you said, you know, well, people are already there. Why can't we just continue the tournament? We got your rotating uh, genders as far as Wednesday to Thursday. So there were some teams that played Wednesday and maybe went home. And we don't know where they, you know, obviously we know where they were going home, but we don't know what they did in that time. And and at that time we had no idea where the virus was, where it was tracking, anything of that nature. And so some of those teams were going to be coming back Friday potentially. So I'm not saying that's a major factor, but that's obviously one thing you have to consider. Um, and then you have uh, you have some scheduling and some facility issues that were starting to take place. Um, you know, some schools were pretty nervous about even coming back to compete for state basketball on on Friday if they had to. 
So tons of different factors that were were being weighed. And ultimately, when the governor of Kansas, uh, Governor Kelly, declared a state of emergency for the state of Kansas, that was a pretty big factor in the decision to going ahead and canceling the rest of the tournament. Yeah, I mean, obviously, looking back, I feel like you guys made the right decision. It was a tough decision. I mean, I know as a coach how important it is, you know, for our kids to compete. But I know, you know, like you said, you guys are weighing a number of factors. You're getting information from the health department. You know, you're getting information from the governor's office. And then, like you said, when once the governor kind of said, hey, we're in a state of emergency in the whole state, you know, I mean – in the scheme of things, state basketball becomes very small at that point. As would, you know, really any athletic contest that would have been going on at that moment. And, and it was interesting. It was just like any – I know I've, I've compared it to this, even though it's on a very small scale significant-wise. But as soon as we did make the decision to cancel the tournament, as many people that were – Magging us to cancel it, we're now mad at us for canceling it. So it's it's not a it's as I, I did an interview shortly after the decision uh, during the fourth game that day, and you know, no one's looking for a medal or a trophy because of these decisions that are being made. It's just that's it's unfortunately that's what it came to. And as we've used the phrase in the last month, we're trying to make the best wrong choice going forward. Yeah, and. I mean, I know kind of when that came out, you know, I was like, oh, man, there's there's no way this is still going to be around come football season. We're going to be good to go. You know, everything, we'll have it under control. You know, all those things are going through my head, you know, at that time. But uh, you guys had to almost immediately start saying, okay, now what do we do with spring sports? Because, you know, some of them had started some some practices and, had had, you know, maybe a week's worth of practice or maybe two weeks in some spots. But, you know, so how is that now that you guys made the decision we're not going forward with basketball after these quarterfinals, uh, you know, and, and now we got to worry about what are we doing for spring spring sports and activities? Well, uh, in our office, and, and primarily for me because I'm the baseball, softball boys golf person uh obviously spring is a very yeah uh interactive time for me um and and one when we canceled state basketball i can't sit here and tell you that i thought that the spring was done for sure i, I was like you i was like well we just need to figure out what's going on let's regroup we might be a little delayed here but we'll get this figured out and and we we sat down for you know that entire week after state basketball and just tried to figure out what how can we make spring sports work? And we, we had a pretty good thought of how we could do it. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, and, and decisions were had to be made and, and the, right or wrong, they're done. So, um, you know, when school was decided to not reconvene the rest of the semester, that, that pretty much uh, put the nail in the coffin as far as uh, spring sports were concerned. It was just hard to envision us offering – uh, sports without schools being in session at all. Um, and obviously that's still what we're looking for a little bit here in the fall, but we, we know that there's a plan to return to school once we get going in the fall. So that that's why it's a little different now. Uh, but when school was canceled for the spring semester, it, it came pretty evident that we aren't going to be able to offer activities for uh, the young people and um, very obviously very unfortunate. Jeremy, Jim Bly here. And – you know, we keep hearing a lot of things about um, the mental aspects of, uh, of, of school sports for our youth, for even us adults. My daughter, um, my, my wife was working around somebody that tested positive for COVID a few weeks ago. So we all had to get tested and basically quarantined for a week or a little bit more for her. She went back to cross-country practice today and um, was uh, – I mean, they start at 6 o'clock in the morning, and whenever I picked her up, she was just kind of in bouncy spirits and just, you know, not normal for a junior in high school to be that happy waking up at 6 in the morning and then running in, in, in uh, great weather today. But, you know, you know, what's your feelings on that? I, I mean, is it just a coincidence that she was that happy today, or do you think it was 
just getting out and being around kids, being around people. No, I don't think it's a coincidence at all. I'm uh, obviously a huge believer in uh, the what mental health uh, in a positive direction does in activities. Um, you know, the University of Wisconsin, you guys may have seen this, uh, um, did a study um, since March of, of high school student-athletes, and, and Kansas was part of that, actual Kansas student-athletes, and they indicated that the absence of school, the absence of activities, and tons of factors, obviously. We, the life has been completely different for kids, uh, as, as it has been for everybody. Um, but the mental aspect of that weight, had, depression was up. Um, the physical scores for kids were way down compared to normal. Um, and I think what your daughter experienced is going to be the nature of, of every kid uh, going forward. I bet you, you know, uh, at, at practice today, Coach, you could – those kids, when they found out that football practice was going to start on the 17th, they showed up that day when they found out with a little more bounce in their step. Um, and we're not trying to say that all of a sudden the virus is over because you're feeling good all of a sudden, but it's it's I think it goes a long ways to mentally feel in a good in a good state so you can get better physically as well. Yeah, you, you know you're you're right. Once because you know I mean I was getting a lot of questions from my defensive line group, that's what I coach. And, you know, so I'm obviously closest to those guys, um, you know, of, on our team. And, you know, they, they would ask me questions. And sometimes I just had to tell them, hey, I don't have any answers, but, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to, to make sure we have a season. And, you know, I'll get information to you guys as I get it from, you know, our head coach and our athletic director and from Keisha and, we're going to, you know, we're going to do the best we can. But, I mean, once the announcement came out, uh, you know, I got a text from a couple of the guys and just saying, hey, this this means we're good to go, right? I said, well, as of right now, then yes. Uh, that's kind of changing almost by the hour. Uh, you know, I'm sure that for you, this kind of late spring, early summer time, uh, you know, what were you guys doing? I mean, how many different contingencies can you even count them that you guys were looking at to, Hey, how can we have fall sports? Right. Yeah. Well, I'll just paint a little picture. I mean, not everybody's been in our building, but in our boardroom, it's, it's pretty big. Cause we like, we have a 76 person board that meets every now, now and again. So we hung up a uh, actual butcher paper, you know, throughout the room and we put we made a list of fall winter spring and we kind of we pictured it as okay if you if we can't have a fall season so fall's gone don't write anything on this this butcher paper here what do you think we can play in the winter what do you think we can play in the spring and does that mean we have to move some things to summer so we so we wrote out those type of things we tried not to put a sport that would overlap like a football and baseball. You try to stay with it as much as you can because those two uh, share athletes mm -hmm. quite a bit. Um, and then, then we said, okay, fall's good. We've got, we've got a good handle on things. Let, let's act like we're going to have a normal fall, but it, it's come back to a, a head and we can't have winter. Now, what, if, what are we moving to the spring? What are we moving to the summer? So obviously we're still trying to have, three seasons, if you will. Some of them are just shifting. Some of them are running into each other. Um, and then we kind of came up with a list of, okay, we can kind of have fall. We can have girls golf. We can have tennis, um, maybe cross country. But those high risk, uh, the indoor volleyball, the the football, well, what, what quote-unquote are high risk at the time when we were doing this um, – we can't have those, but we can have some of the fall. So what can we move from the spring potentially to the fall? So that's when, you know, you heard those conversations of, oh, they're going to move baseball and softball to the to the fall. Boys golf is going to go to the fall. They're going to try to have everything that they can in the fall. Um, so those conversations were obviously had. If a state association wasn't having those conversations, they were not doing a very good job for their people. Um, so we were absolutely having those conversations, and if we did that, what does it look like for the winter, for the spring? If we have no winter, if we have no spring, or is it overlapping? So 
I mean, you name it, we wrote it out and tried to see what it would feel like. Um, ultimately, that's obviously not what we have decided. Uh, but I, I'm so glad we had that conversation because it, it gets you thinking just about the if scenario. Because, you know, like you said, we could find out tomorrow something's changed. Who knows what? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. You know, but at least yeah. at least we know now that if, if it does change, we have a pretty good idea of what we can offer uh, for kids. Yeah, so ultimately, after all these conversations are, are happening in, inside your offices and, and, you know, different conference calls and things, and I'm sure, you know, you guys probably reached out to some other state organizations and said, hey, are you, how are you guys going to handle this? You know, we, we fast forward and we get to, you know, last week where the meeting was, um, you know, on YouTube. Uh, I don't know the, the numbers from that, but you could probably say, I mean, I would guess it's probably one of the highest uh, meetings that you guys have ever had, highest viewed meetings that Keisha's ever been a part of. Yeah, I would say that's very true. Um, More often than not, because our, our board meetings are something you don't want to turn into anyway. But yeah. <laughs> but this one definitely was. I think when we ended the stream, we had over 12,000 unique visitors, uh, but that doesn't even count. Um, I know some people were embedding the feed on their Facebook channel, some news stations. So I don't think we get those numbers. So yeah, certainly pretty popular. Um, but ultimately, you know, after your conversations had happened, you know, we, we get to that point where, okay, now it's decision time. We have to either, you know, move things back or adjust the fall, cancel the fall, you know, um, what ultimately landed you guys on the decision to, hey, we're going to, as far as Keisha goes, we're going to keep the fall as normal as we can um, with some safety measures in place and kind of leave it up to the local districts? Well, I think the board, the executive board who made the decision ultimately um, felt that um, – Obviously, how, how Kansas has handled this situation has been at the local level. About every decision that's been – I shouldn't say every, but the decisions we've seen have been made from, we'll say, the top and then altered for the best decision locally. Um, so that's – I think Kansas has just had that feeling uh, throughout this. Uh, so the board had that in mind. Um, they also had had the – I think there was a couple sentiments that were – hey, let's get in what we can. Let's not push things back. We need to try to get as, as much practice and, and, and games as we can before maybe we have to shut down again. Um, so there's a little bit of that. Um, I think there was a little bit of, uh, you know, there's 27 states that have said, hey, we're going to continue on as normal. And, and so I think there's a little bit of that in play too as far as uh, some other states are, or I shouldn't say some, more than half of the states are going after it. Um, and then I think a large part of it was they saw that 70% of our schools are not necessarily altering their start date. If they are, it's maybe by a week. So I know in your area um, of the state, obviously a large per, uh, portion of those schools are waiting till September uh, to start school, which that's probably the right decision for them. No one would fault that. I think that was a good sentiment of the board is um, what's right for Shawnee Mission, it may not be right uh, for Sharon Springs. So those type of, of factors come into it, um, and I think ultimately that's really what persuaded the board to go ahead and just start on August 17th if you can, if it's the right thing to do for your school, um, but or wait if you need to. Um, and I think that's, that's important to know is I think during this entire um, situation, uh, people have all of a sudden got it in their brain that Kansas has a law that every school has to start on the same date, which there's that's not true. There's nothing that says that from a Kansas Department of Education statute or state law. And there's there's also not a statute or law that says you you can only start football practice if you're in school. Um, I think, you know, and I know when I was in school, we would have football practice for probably a week before school started. Um, so that's, those are two things to definitely for people to keep in mind. I think there was a growing sentiment out there that they just all of a sudden thought that there was law that said you can't 
practice until you are at school, and usually every school starts on August 24th every year. That's It's all over the board every year. So a little more than where you wanted, but that's kind of what I think the board was after. Have you noticed a difference between the more rural areas, um, the Hutches, those type of areas, than the Wichita or the Kansas City areas? This past weekend, we had a group over in Kansas. It was a, what, not Western Wyandotte County, but it was over that way that were kind of, I guess you could say, protesting for getting back to school. And then we had another group of teachers on the Kansas City, Missouri side for the Missouri schools. They were protesting at the uh, the, the the fountain, the Freedom Fountain, uh, which used to be the Nichols Fountain, um, for not getting back to school. Have you noticed much of a difference between different areas? Can you kind of say, okay, we kind of feel this is going to be this way here and this is going to be this way here? Uh, I think, you know, honestly, I don't know. I don't it, – it's hard to speak on both sides of them. Um, I think the natural feeling is, yeah, in your more rural areas, uh, they're ready to get back after it. There's not – well, number one, school could be anywhere from 150 to 300 kids um, as opposed to 2,000. Um, so I think naturally – yeah, well, the, yeah, that's what I mean. Is like so as a as a parent or a teacher, you obviously are naturally. I feel more comfortable going into a building with three hundred kids than I would with two thousand kids. I think that common sense would tell you that's what some people are thinking, and they're probably not wrong to think that. But at the same time, I think um, whether you're in a rural committee a community or an urban community, the leaders of those buildings, those districts, are I think equipped uh, to make the right decision for who for who they represent and not only make the right decision if it's if it's to go open the doors back to school then they're gonna put in the right things in, in a building to mitigate the risk as much as possible with this virus I think we should all trust those people that are making the decisions to do that I don't think that differs from anywhere in the state whether it's rural or urban I think people trust their leaders and and or at least have given valuable input to make the right decision. Yeah, it's, you know, it's important that people understand, you know, the decision that came down last week of, you know, the August 17th date. That doesn't mean that every case of school has to start football, volleyball, you know, golf on that date. That just means that's the first day that you can do your, your organized practice for that sport. And so if our leaders in Shawnee Mission push that back, which I hope they don't, me personally, uh, you know, but if they choose to push that back or the Sunflower League, for example, decides to push that back and then maybe cancel a game or two, you know, early in the year, then, you know, that's their decision to make. But you guys basically said, like, we're going to keep fall as normal as we can here, right? Yeah, well, what we've done is exactly how you say it. Uh, the decision was made that August 17th has always been the starting practice date uh, for, for 20, 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're keeping that. So if your school uh, is comfortable with having uh, practice, uh, you know, it was put pretty well in, in the board meeting by a board member. He, you know, he stated that, you know, for the most part, your D linemen have been working out together all summer long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and probably after they work out, they go hang out in the basement together, you know, playing video games or something. So it, it's in some school districts may not start school August 17th, but those same kids that have been together all summer, they're just, now they're just going to continue doing what they've been doing all summer. So it's not like we have all of a sudden interacted with a whole bunch, a whole new community of, of kids. Um, so that's one way to look at it, but you know, just on a basic point of view august 17th is when practice can start if you want it to start and then we will continue with gameplay depending on what sport you participate in after that and that has not been pushed back yeah and you know we uh one one point i've made to some people that you know are saying well how can you start sports before you start school and and i'm like well one, I mean, it is a smaller group, a smaller population. You know, like you said, some schools have 2,000, maybe a little over 2,000 students, and, you know, you don't have near that in athletics. 
And, you know, we have safety procedures that we're putting in, you know, just like the school will. Um, you know, for example, today during our uh, conditioning time, which really most of the summer we've been doing it, you know, if the kids are not moving around or running, then they're wearing a mask. Uh, coaches, I, I coached the entire time today wearing a mask. During my individual period, you know, during um, – some kind of group stuff and you know wearing a mask that it's not fun but you know if that's what we have to do to have a season you know then, then that's what we're going to do and you know i mean all of our coaches wear masks all of our players so you know and i mean if that's what it takes that's what it takes well and jeremy i think uh i think gary had to spend a lot of money and have a special mask made that fits around that big big huge <laughs> beard of his I was going to say, I've got, you know, not near the, the the situation he's got going on, but just wearing my mask for a little bit drives me nuts with my beard. I can't imagine that. Oh, that, it, uh, um, yeah, it's it's not fun. And, you know, my <laughs> wife's been giving me a hard time for about two weeks now saying, hey, weren't you going to get into the barber and get that thing cleaned up? Weren't you going to clean that up? <laughs> you know, so I, th- I think she's trying to tell me it's it's time. So, well, you know, when it when this all started, they made us quarant- you know, the governor's order quarantined us yeah. home for a couple of months and I I shaved off my beard for the first time in three years, I think, and it was like, Why in the world did I do that? I can't I can never do that again. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> yeah. mine mine was really crazy when we came out of that, you know, that first initial <laughs> quarantine. Because I was supposed to go to my barber, I think like that first week where everything got shut down. So I was already do a trim and then you know, it went another couple of months there, and it was not it was not looking good. So, <laughs> Jeremy, um, when I talked to you last week to ask you to come on the show, you had uh, I asked you if you knew Jason West, and you said, "Yeah, you were getting ready to send him an email." And I'm sure it's probably off of kind of what you guys went over that the the day before. But how much um, energy and time do you guys take from state to state? Um, talking and, and trying to come up with game plans i knew i know he knew that the governor shut you guys down in the state of kansas whenever basketball was going on so i mean how much communication between say oklahoma arkansas missouri i mean you know the, the connecting states do you guys share with each other and try and help each other out well this year more than ever i can tell you that um when when this all started in march um, there's probably a group of us in this Midwest states and then even some Arizona and some of the Northeast states that were on an email chain and, and about every decision that every state was made as far as, well, we just canceled basketball or we just canceled spring sports or we're delaying this or, or our state is now in this situation. That was getting shared real time uh, between people like me and Jason that have our duties in those states. Um, so we we were definitely being very in tune. You know, you could be sitting in a staff meeting here in Topeka and just get a notification that, hey, Ohio just had to uh, cancel their spring sports, you know, or, or, or various legislative uh, happenings were going on in other states and um, like when when the Michigan governor suggested that Michigan should uh, swap uh, fall and spring sports, she kind of called them out on a press conference and said that. And I just remember, I you know, I shot off an email to my counterpart in Michigan and I said, "Well, how's that feel to be told what you're going to do?" Um, and you know, obviously that took them by surprise. They didn't have a lot of wise words to say back. Um, but since that time, I can tell you they are not going to do that. Um, but interacting with other states happens about daily now, um, just because it's it's good to be in tune with with what other people are hearing. And if, you know, we we cheat and steal a lot in this in this world, uh, and a good is from we're not trying to invent the most unique thing. Um, because why do that when another state's already doing it and doing it really well? Um, it's a great idea. We're gonna we're gonna steal that because you don't have a monopoly on good ideas. You know, so. Um, you know, obviously our executive director even communicates even more as those executive directors at, you know, I know weekly conference calls just to see what novel ideas out there and, and what you, like I said, what you can steal and, and make your own. 
we did get a few questions, um, you know, from Twitter, Facebook, you know, when I put out that we were having um, you on the show. But uh, one, one person was just asking about, uh, you know, stadiums and access, you know, for fans. How How is that going to – is that going to be left up kind of to the local – school the local area on how many fans can come to the game if any at all yeah for the regular season we will allow uh, well the regular season is the local school's uh, property well for lack of a better term um, so so they can determine who they allow in their stadium and, and how they're to orchestrate that game from a spectator standpoint we've encouraged um, schools to reach out to their local health departments, their uh, county health departments, that is, and, and see if they have any input about how many can be in this stadium. Because we know each stadium is not created equal. Uh, the Olathe's, uh District Stadium is certainly not uh, the, the stadium in Russell, Kansas. Um, so how can we accommodate the population for a Friday night football game or for a Tuesday a volleyball game indoors because we know every gym is not the same as far as ventilation and some some I'm sure there's some volleyball teams that don't play in AC so uh, for the regular season we're leaving that up to the local school district's decision on what they want to do with spectators uh, when it comes to postseason we have not made any decisions on spectators mainly because uh, this it's too premature to do so uh, because we can make a decision today on August third and next week completely have to rearrange that based on new information. So I don't think you should expect a decision as far as spectators come from us from state championships for a couple months later. From So um, just because there's no no reason to get in a hurry with it. What, uh, what kind of response are you getting from the volleyball um, coaches since they're the ones that are having to practice outside and that's the out of the norm for them? Well, I think it's like what Coach mentioned here earlier is um, it may not be ideal. It, it's not something that I wake up every day looking forward to doing what we're, we've been doing, but we know we have to do it to have a chance to play. And, you know, we I think one of the considerations we have out there for volleyball is, uh, you know, after a set, you switch sides. Well, we're, we're basically saying you should probably refrain from doing that because it doesn't make sense to – dirty up one bench just to go across the floor to dirty up another bench. Um, so I'm sure there's traditional volleyball people that will just not like that one bit. You know, it's just not, that's not what we do after sets. That's not part of my plan. That's not what makes us successful. But if you take a step back and go, if this means I can play this week, next week, and a couple weeks to come, yeah, that's worth, that's worth me doing. Yeah, it, and it's, you know, in, in all the sports, I think, you know, it's just kind of the word that we, we've had to learn is adapt. You know, you just have to be ready to adapt and you have to be flexible. And, you know, I mean, our, our head coach has, has talked to us about, you know, as coaches, you know, the possibility of not having locker rooms for varsity contests, you know, because having to go in and, and wipe and clean all those things down, uh, you know, is, is – that pretty is are you guys also kind of leaving that up to each each local school if if they're going to open those locker rooms and those facilities yeah at the time being yes um i think it goes back to the the point i made earlier is um the locker room that i grew up in 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 st george kansas is is different from the locker room that you're coaching in now probably um Mm -hmm. because each each case is different um each situation is different it doesn't make uh, a lot of sense to definitely completely do away with that because you could have a situation where the locker room is, is perfectly fine um, as far as ventilation goes. Or if you said uh, there could be a situation where some schools, there's no other option uh, to go anywhere else uh, but their locker room. So it's just Kansas is so uh, what makes us unique and a cursing and a blessing, I guess, is because we're so diverse as far as, uh, the the population densities go and and just the makeup of our schools. Yeah, and um, is Keisha going to require any kind of testing um, for athletes and and members of that are participating in activities? No, we will not require testing. We have screening protocols that will be followed 
um, to the best of their ability. And I think the, the Kansas Department of Education did a really good job as far as we, we had a pretty good screening plan in place that we, we hope schools would follow. But then the Kansas Department of Education came out with even even more. And so, you know, we basically said, hey, you're going to be following this every day just to get in the building at, for school. So let's just keep on following that for our activities. Um, what do you see foresee for the future with uh, fans and uh, attendance? Well, I think it, it'd be natural to say that attendance isn't going to be great for a while. Um, I think there's just going to be a natural human instinct to not try to gather in crowds. You know, I hope that's not true. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm one that loves to go to college football games on Saturday when I can. And um, anytime I can get out there to see a sporting event, you know, not being able to go to the Royals, even though they're three and seven, is killing me, you know, because I want to go watch the Royals play. Um but I think it's it's natural to assume that um, live sporting events are going to take a take a hit um, from the attendance standpoint. Even 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 when counties say that it's it's all clear, good for you to go back, just because it's going to be a human instinct to stay away, probably. Um, but so that's why we've got to get creative from a, a streaming standpoint. Uh, we also need to get creative from you know a digital ticketing standpoint. I think the more the more options you can. Uh, you can make to streamline processes to go to a game as far as buying my ticket online, come in this one gate that I know I can get into and, and they're going to limit the, the traffic in the gate, a one in one out type situation. I can sit in this seat. Um, I think that's going to, they're going to help our spectator um, outlook. Um, it's just, we got to start thinking about doing those things and, and keep, keep building momentum towards them. I think the idea of buying tickets online will, um, uh, be a benefit down the road to the, the to the fan experience. Um, no long lines, uh, you, you know, less people that have to work that. Um, as we all know, a lot of a lot of uh, volunteer efforts are put into sports somehow. So if we can if we can figure out ways to you know eliminate some of that stuff, that's good. But we still want you buying the ticket and coming to the game as well. Yeah, I think you know the digital ticket aspect is not new, right? We've been buying tickets online for years. But it is fairly new to high school. Um, there's not a lot of high school events that are strictly a digital ticket atmosphere. We've started doing it at our state swimming and diving championships, and, and the reception is, is really well. Uh, people enjoy that the convenience factor. And when you take in the, the virus situation, I think people will enjoy that uh, component even more, hopefully. Well, and even in high school sports, the fan experience is as important as as, as the, the what's going on on the field as well. I mean, those are the people that pay the way for this this to happen, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, that's I know that's a big concern for administrators at every school. Is you know, it's probably not completely this way, but a large amount of schools would tell you that the fall ticket sales and gate revenue that they get in the fall. Uh, will fund a lot of their spring or a lot of their winter. Um, so uh, it is a concern for people, and I think they're they're going to get creative on how to make up that, that financial loss, um, if there is any. Hopefully there's not, but um, I think it's natural to start thinking of creative ways to get that back. Um, so how will you guys handle games like – if in volleyball, you know, all of a sudden you're coming up on your third match and the team you're supposed to play comes down with, you know, the, the COVID. So that game gets canceled. Will that go down as a no contest? Will that team that got COVID have to forfeit? How will Keisha look, look at those? Right now we're looking at it as a no contest. So if you can't play because of uh, the coronavirus situation where you have a positive test, um, that doesn't allow you to play, then it'll be a no contest. Okay. And I mean, I was, you know, obviously for me more football, cause we, you know, we have less games and with, you know, but for seeding for the postseason and, you know, th those type things, right. like if one team plays five, six games and another team gets all nine in, you know, how, how does that work? And, um, you know, are you guys still kind of sorting through how that's going to look? Yeah, we're still, especially from a football standpoint, we're still sorting through what the how a standings or a final standings will come together. So we're still trying to formulate how that will fully look, have a pretty good idea. 
obviously how to look. Obviously, when you get in the playoffs, you're going to have to have a winner and a loser, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've got to have one to advance on the bracket. So when it comes to that situation, there's obviously someone's going to be told some bad news. Um, it happened in Iowa. You know, you notice high school baseball and softball, they play in the summer anyway in Iowa. And the number one ranked team, baseball team in Iowa, their coach, I believe, or some, I shouldn't, I don't want to break any news, but I think their coach got it. And um, it, that shut down their team for 14, 14 days. And so they were out of the tournament. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate. Um, I don't even want to think about that situation going forward, but the reality is we're going to have to. Yeah, I um, I started my coaching career in Iowa, and so I still know some people up there. And I, I actually heard about that, um, you know, with and, and there was a lot of upset people about, you know, them getting kind of eliminated from the tournament. But like you said, somebody's just got to make that decision. And, I mean, you got to go what's safe for everyone, not just what's best for that one team. Well, and hopefully – Hopefully yeah. we don't have a bunch of stop, start, stop, start throughout the year of 2020, 2021. Um, as, as we all remember, March 12th, 13th, and 14th of last year very well. And uh, uh, Gary and I actually broadcasted the state quarterfinals uh, out in Blue Springs for Missouri. Um, and uh, that was my last remembrance. I remember I think it was March March. 12th uh texas a&m girl or texas tech girls were down on here at hyvee arena practicing before their game uh over at the sprints or yeah over at the sprint center or municipal and uh remember hearing crying coming from down on the court in our studio i mean it, it was just a shock to us what happened and hopefully we just don't go through that stop start stop start thing throughout the 2020 2021 season well, if, if nothing else is true, the, the, the mantra that every coach tries to get a kid to realize is play every play like it could be your last. Um, it's, never, it's never rained more true than we've seen in the last uh, six months, and it'll be something you can certainly keep continue to preach going forward. Absolutely. Is there anything else um, from a state activities standpoint that you would like to share or – get out there, you know, maybe clear up because you, you monitor the social media. Maybe there's some misconceptions out there. Is there anything that you want to say or kind of clear up here as we begin to wrap things up? No, I think you, you did a good job covering it all. Just remember that um, the board came with what we believe are uh, really good considerations for schools to follow for practice and play uh, in the fall. Uh, those are posted online. Look at those and see what we can do to best mirror those. Um, I know the question has been asked a lot on social media is, well, how do we know that school A is going to be following them when we're school B and we're doing everything we can to follow? And the reality of the situation is we don't, right? Uh, we, you know, I'm a golf guy. It, when I when I step on the course or and I, I expect those people playing with me and, and those playing in the other tournament – to follow the rules um, and and do keep the integrity of the game solid. Um, so that's what we would expect all schools to follow because as soon as someone starts slipping up, uh, we'll see the effects of that. And and I don't think anybody wants to be that person. Um, and then, you know, lastly, I would just say that we're going to do everything we can. We are continuing to do everything we can to play our fall championships. That is our goal. Um, but we also need to realize that participation needs to be key. And we need to, just like I said, we need to prepare and play like every game uh, could be our last, even though we want to we want to see it through the end of November. There's no doubt about it. Well, uh, um, Gary, uh, we've, we've had a number of golf guys on the show. I'm a, golf, I'm a former golf yeah. pro myself, played a little on the mini tours. And uh, I think it's time for a Midwest Mike's U-Click TV golf tournament and get all you guys involved. Uh, it'll be a fun time. Uh, hey, uh Rock Dwayne the Rock Johnson saved the day for the XFL. I don't know if you heard that yet, but what do you think about that news? I haven't really read too much about it. I just saw that it was a quote unquote rock solid deal. So, <laughs> uh, um, so since, since my counterpart's not here, I'm going to ask his his favorite question. He always says it's the toughest question that we ask anybody that comes on the show. We ask everybody. But uh, when you're in Kansas City and you're going to get barbecue, 
Where's where's your go to spot and what's your go to dish? Um, <laughs> I'll tell. Okay, I'll two two answers. Number right. one, I, I really want to try Q thirty nine. I've heard tons about it. I want to try that, but I never have. But so if I'm if I'm driving and I'm, I've got to go where I know I'm comfortable, it's probably the Z Man in Oklahoma. Oklahoma there you or go, Kansas City Joe's. So, yeah. Well, Casey <laughs> Joe's. That's a popular answer. If you go to Q39. Yeah, I know it is. If you go to Q39, be prepared for a non-barbecue atmosphere, though. It's really good barbecue, but it's it's a little upscale. Yeah. Okay, well, good to know. Yeah, I'll, it is. I'll button up the shirt a little bit. Yeah, it is, it's a little more, uh, you know, upscale. But no, nothing necessarily wrong with that. Just, you know, but it, but the food wow. there is good. You know, kind of like your, your jack stack atmosphere. Uh, similar to that, uh, and, I gotcha. um, okay. uh, in my okay. opinion. Drew Gooden, uh, last year at the Big Three, was asked his favorite barbecue place, and he said, Gates has let me down. It's Q39, baby. So um, I know you're a K-State guy, really? but, but uh, that that's, that's a pretty high uh, um, salute to Q39 from Drew. I would say growing up, it was always, if, whenever, you know, when I was a kid, going to Kansas City was vacation. Uh, because, I mean, not that it was that far away. It just was. So <laughs> yeah. it seemed like we always went to Gates or Arthur Bryant's, the original Arthur Bryant's. I'll never forget that, going there for the first time. Just getting getting your food in, like, a brown paper was, yeah. was interesting. Uh, yeah. But it was really good. Yeah, that that's, that's one of my favorite places to still go is, you know, that original Arthur Bryant's down there. It's, you know, they haven't changed much uh, over the years and, just the atmosphere there, I, I think you can't beat it. But, you know, there's good barbecue at all these yeah. spots we're talking about. Yes, yes. But, the uh, best ribs you can have, though, if I have to brag, are on my, are on my smoker. On your smoker? Uh-oh. Well, yeah. you're going to you're gonna have to bring some of those up to the studio sometime, you know, Kansas City, and uh, we're going to have to put that to the test. We'll, we'll, we'll get um, Dr. Brandon Martin from uh, – uh, the, the athletic director at UMKC or Kansas City Ruse against uh, Jeremy Holiday on a smoke-off contest, and we'll have a live Midwest Mike show to come. Live, yeah, and I, I get to eat all the ribs. You guys just get me with the barbecue sauce all in my beard and everything. I look like a hot mess, but it's all right because I'm eating barbecue, right? Yeah. Well, the best barbecue sauce I think out there is made in Kansas City. Um, oh, my God. Uh, Mitch's, gosh dang, what's it called? Mitch's, uh, yeah, yeah, meet, meet Mitch, Mitch Benjamin. Meet Mitch, yes, meet Mitch. Meet Mitch, I'll have to try that. Did you know this about Mitch? He was the tailor made rep for years. No, I didn't. Yeah. I I just recently got into the meet Mitch sauce, and uh, my family's pretty much convinced it's about the only thing. You so can you get. could get you could get your new you, back in the day. You could get your new driver or your irons from Mitch and barbecue sauce along with it. You had been happy. That guy's living the life. Yeah, that's, I uh, I recently purchased a smoker and did my first pork butt this last weekend. So, I mean, I, I guess it was good. My wife and we had a couple friends over. We had just bought a small one, and uh, there were no complaints while everybody was eating. So, I guess I did all right with it. That's good. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get better. But, uh, all right, well, Jeremy, thanks for coming on the show today. We appreciate it um, to kind of clear some of those things up and – just talk about the the tough times that Keisha has had over the last few months, and um, hopefully, here's to a smooth fall, right? Yeah, keep working hard. Uh, you as coaches, I know, are in one of the toughest situations you've ever been in if you've been coaching for a while. And same with those teachers and school school administrators. So keep your heads up, and we'll we'll be better for it. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks again to Jeremy Holiday um, from Keisha joining us today on the show. Um, another excellent interview, excellent guest uh, lined up by Mr. Jim Bly. So we appreciate that. Um, he Jim did mention the Rock buying the XFL. We have talked about XFL a lot here on the show. Austin and I are big fans of it. We're also big fans of the Rock. And I feel like anything he touches turns to gold. So... You know, um, I'm looking forward to, you know, they haven't announced all the details of that yet or if we're going to get to see it this coming spring. I mean, we don't know any of that stuff yet. But uh, 
it has been purchased. It's out of bankruptcy, and so maybe it'll, maybe we'll see it here on our televisions this coming spring. Well, um, Gary, I think um, I'll do a little research out there, see how long the longest um, uh, uh, pro team other than the NFL or AFC or NFC have lasted, and um, we'll uh, have to come up with that number and say, here's your point, Rock. You've yeah. got to make it past these amount of years if you if it's going to be successful because it's been tried since probably – the the AFC and the NFC merged, and the would have been in the seventies. I wonder how many teams, how many leagues have formed out there. Yeah, the you know that that is a good point, and you know I mean I talked to uh, Garrett Fugate, who um, is a Kansas City guy, played at Blue Valley Northwest and then Central Missouri State. He's played quarterback in Canada, and he was actually on the New York team um, when. You know, the pandemic started when the XFL was still going, and he he was telling us, you know, about the kind of the last couple of days as all these other leagues began to shut down. You know, he said the message from the top at the XFL was, uh, which, you know, we all know was Vince McMahon, but uh, he, he was like, we're not shutting down. We're going to keep going. We're going to play through this. And obviously that didn't happen, uh, and – Ended up in bankruptcy, but I, I hope the XFL comes back, and I hope they make it. But uh, that's a little news that hit breaking news this morning. You know, the Chiefs had a couple guys opt out. Um, you know, the Broncos starting right tackle opted out this morning to not play in the NFL season. You know, tomorrow is the deadline. I think tomorrow or Wednesday is the deadline for NFL players being able to opt out. So if they go past that, then they will be playing the season. It's going to be interesting to see what the players' union does and says about this. Uh, um, uh, who was it? I was just telling you about that said something on uh, Bleacher. Oh, Report. OBJ. Oh, oh yeah, he's an OB, idiot. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how um, and what the players' union says about this. But you know, I want to know whose idea was it? Was it Rocks? Or was it Vince McMahon's? Uh, wonder who reached out to who first. You know, Vance Vince wants to you know kind of probably get a little back of what he spent on this because he had he had quite an investment. And he owned he the whole league, and I wonder if Rock's going to continue going that way or allow league owners in each city to own their teams. I, you know, that's the thing. If you own the whole league and you got over half the teams doing bad. That's quite the struggle for mm -hmm. one person. So it's going to be interesting to see how this transpires. Yeah, I mean, attendance numbers were good uh, for the XFL. TV numbers were good. So, and and I think having a guy like The Rock attached to it is going to give more credibility uh, to that part because he's such a successful actor and businessman and, and all those things here, so here here he needs to get a deal with hbo what's his show I'm, I'm i'm tired it was ballers yeah he needs to get a deal with hbo have the ballers on before and after each game well ballers is no more well so. you need to create ballers again oh uh, and yeah. kind of have that driving force to where okay you're watching ballers and then the xfl comes on the game of the week you know yeah there you go maybe Maybe we can work on that. I am a you know I am a producer and yeah. owner of a broadcasting network. I might know a little something. You you should see if you can get exclusive rights to broadcast those games. Uh, and and um, you and Austin host the studio show. Yeah, talk trash on the players. Mm hmm. There you go. Get those sideline. It's one thing about pros you can be honest about. You can be honest with your opinion about pros. They're getting paid lots of money. Exactly. <laughs> um, but. Uh, you know, DJ Showtime, longtime sponsor of the show. I want to make sure I mention him. Uh, he's been back doing some events. 816-260-2056. Uh, Jim, you got anything else today? No, I think we're good. All right. Um, well, again, I'm Gary. Jim Bly's behind the scenes. Austin was not here this week, but hopefully he'll be back next week in studio with us. And uh, if not, maybe I can get him at least on the, the V call or something for a few minutes. But uh, anyway, we will. We're Midwest Mike's. Catch us live on the U every week, live from the High V Arena. Also, uh, tomorrow, Tuesday at, is it uh, 1 o'clock or noon? Uh, not sure yet. Oh, okay. Well, 
So either tomorrow or Thursday, you can catch the new Hy-Vee Arena show right here on the U uh, with Nate talk more specifically about the goings-on at the Hy-Vee Arena and how you can get involved. So um, check that out. Ten, nine, eight. Cadbury has launched new Freddo Treasure Space Series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons and a surprise space toy in every chest. Three, two, one, liftoff! Treasure every adventure. New Cadbury Dairy Milk Freddo Treasure Space Series with only 76 calories per pack. Pick one up in store. Using your smart speaker for this? Okay, I've added cheese to your shopping list. Yeah, that's pretty smart. But shopping online with SuperValue? That's even smarter. Have the best produce hand-picked and delivered straight to your door. Download the SuperValue app now or shop online at supervalue.ie. If you're completing a degree in community college and want to take the next step to a four-year degree, or you're not satisfied with the college you're currently attending, we want to see you at College of St. Mary in Omaha. We make it easy to transfer your credits and have financial aid and scholarships available. Plus, we cover the costs of your textbooks for the first semester. Get the support you need to finish your degree faster. Make the transfer to College of St. Mary. Apply today at csm.edu. COVID-19 continues to spread across the country, but we can all do our part to beat it by getting vaccinated. When you get the vaccine, you're not just protecting yourself. You're also protecting your family and friends. So when the time comes, be ready to tell everyone, count me in to get vaccinated. If you have questions about the vaccine or you're ready to sign up, just visit vacunatehoy.org for more information. That's vacunatehoy.org. This message is brought to you by LULAC, the League of United Latin American Citizens.